أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الذي لا يضر مع اسمه شيء في الأرض ولا في السماء وهو السميع العليم بسم الله مجريه ومرسان ربي لغفور الرحيم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالم إنك حميد مجيد ربنا اجعل جمعنا هذا جمع مبارك مرحوم واجعل تفرقنا من بعده تفرقا معصوما ولا تجعل اللهم فينا ولا معنا ولا منا شقي ولا محروم رب احرسنا بعينك التي لا تنام وكنفك الذي لا يضام فضل اللهم بك من سطوة الأنام اغفر اللهم لنا فضلك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وسلم تسليما كثيرا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي رب أوزعنا نشكر نعمتك التي أنعمت علي وعلى والدي ونعمل صالحا ترضى وأصلح لي في ذريتي إني تبت إليك وإني من المسلمين Now last week we're discussing the early Muslims that who have joined the fold of Islam after Sayyidina Bakr Sadiq radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and Ali ibn Abi Talib embraced Islam and after Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu ta'ala anhu have يعني, become somebody who was with his early age who was inviting or encouraging others for the deen and especially also Sayyidina Bakr Sadiq through whom many many companions embraced Islam uh, beginning with Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas now two later Great men joined Islam. And the first, and this, this now when the Prophet Da'wah became okay, allowed, and he was talking to people, and everybody knows his news now, after he was commanded in the Quran to go out and inform people. Two very important people became Muslims. The first, Ida Badar al-Ghifari. And Abadar is important in the seerah, because a lot of people, when you read his story, sometimes his story is a little bit يعني, difficult to understand. Yesterday only I was on a trip with my teachers from the school to Cambridge to visit the university for a day together for the teachers. And one of the teachers, very good teachers, asked me the question while he's reading in the seerah of this great companion, Abadar al-Ghifari. يعني, the Prophet said to him something that he did not understand. He felt as if the Prophet was worried about him. So I explained to him about that. Abadar al-Ghifari is from a tribe called Ghifar and when the Quraysh are traveling in their journey they have to pass their land and they have a good relationship with them. However he reports that once upon a time he have heard uh, from his nephew about this great man who is in Mecca. So he felt it would not be right unless he goes himself to Mecca and hear from him personally. And he was a courageous man. So he came to Mecca and he asked about him, who is this man who speaks about things that you have, you have no knowledge of. And he went and visited uh, the mosque. And there he saw the Prophet and he approached him and listened to what he has to say. When the Prophet informed him of Islam, he embraced Islam and told the Prophet when he told him 
keep this to yourself. Fearing for him trouble from the Quraysh. He said, but I will not. This is something to be spoken about, to be rejoiced. So he went, and suddenly, subhanAllah, in the midst of the mushrikeen of Mecca, who were so angry about what is going on, one of their own doing this, dividing their community. Children were fighting their parents, and parents were fighting one another. He came and said to them, Ya ma'ashar Quraysh, O gathering people of Quraysh, Inni la ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. I do bear witness that there is none worthy to be worshipped but Allah and that Muhammad وسلم, is his true servant and messenger. Guess what happened? They took him and beat him bad. He reported himself that until they felt he is dead and they left him and they went. They were beating him bad. Allah revived him. He went back to the Prophet and the Prophet said to him, but I have informed you, Ya Abadar. This is something not to fight for you should keep it to yourself. What I would like you to do is, is to follow your family, because his family already traveled. Go back to your... When you hear about me coming out stronger and we're about to defend ourselves, then come back. From this in the Sira, we learn a very beautiful lesson that in this day and age, we're not learning. That when you are trying to build your faith, in a community whereby everybody is against you, when you are not strong enough by your own means or the means of those who are supporting and surrounding you, then you are supposed to be cautious and careful. If you do not act with cautiousness, then the damage that comes to you becomes your fault. It's not courage to go out of your way and to try to do things that will bring you trouble and difficulty in your life. You need to behave in a way whereby that you conceal what you have until you have the strength. After all, Allah said to the Prophet ﷺ, do prepare yourself for them. You can't just go outside and say, I want to fight, and you don't have the means, you don't have the support, you don't have the resources, you have to prepare yourself. And above all, the true faith that can only come by experience. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us plenty in the seerah to look into. The second person that is Islam at the beginning brought something beautiful for us to learn from is Hamza. Okay. Ibn Abdul Muttalib, the uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hamza, as a great warrior, he was always out traveling, hunting, okay, traveling, wandering in the desert. And it is said about him that he was one of those people who was always thinking of the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No wonder Rasulullah says, The best of you in the jahiliya were the best in Islam. Because already they have something. And Allah just ignited them to become the greatest men ever to walk on this earth. So, one day Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was around the Kaaba making tawaf. And guess who comes? Abu Jahl. And he was following him insulting him, abusing him, shouting at him, telling him things that even the young person will feel shy to hear it from an elder telling his nephew, not anybody stranger. This made the people who were around very angry. There are two reports. One report says that a stranger saw this happening and did not like it and wanted to report it okay, to somebody so that something could 
happen. Okay? On the other hand, Abdullah ibn Jad'an is one of those people of Mecca who had a woman that was serving him, looking after him. She was passing by, she saw what she saw, she felt sad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired her to just walk out. When she was walking out, she saw Hamdan riding. Yani, I don't know which of you saw the film, okay? Uh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa that was done, okay, in Libya. That was a very good film because it was showing Hamza as a man who was always in the back on a horse and he was distancing himself from the people. This is a very clever thing by the one who wrote the script for that film because that's the way he described. He was always distancing himself. And he was somebody, everybody looked at him when he came from far away. And he is different than everybody else. And he always carry his bow around his chest. He carries arrow because he hunts. Other than that, his spear, his shield, his sword. So he was coming like a gladiator from far away. She rushed to him. Mawlat ibn Jad'an. She rushed to him and said to him, Ya Hamza, alaykum salam, I am so sorry, but I have to tell you what I have seen today. And it is not really a decent thing to see when a young man who has never wronged anybody in the community, however, everybody is praising and saying good things about, once he comes with something, that he is not forcing people to, he does not have the freedom to speak his mind. And today, not anybody but his own uncle, your brother, Abu Jahl, goes and does this to him. He was very, very angry. And he was somebody, when he was angry, nobody wanted to come across because he doesn't listen. He walked across, he saw Abu Jahl sitting with a group of those people who were against Sayyidina Muhammad taunting him, saying things loudly, doing terrible things that will make everybody ashamed. He just took his bow out and he struck him in his head until he has made a big gap in his head here and the blood was dashing out and everybody was shocked. But nobody can get up. Some of the supporters of Abu Jahl got up trying to defend Abu Jahl. Hamza just wiped his bow, put it back in its place, and just walked away. He was daring them, whoever is a man, whoever has courage amongst you, follow me. It would have been a war because he doesn't fear anybody. And subhanallah, the thing that he said <laughs> makes me today feel we need to learn lesson from that. The exact word that he says, as it is reported in the seerah, Look, before he even sat with Muhammad Sallam, before he even embraced the religion of Islam, he said to his uncle Abu Jahl, you insult him, you abuse him, you call him names. And I am upon his deen, I am following his religion, and I say what he says. What does this tell us? What do we learn from this? If you really truly believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you really truly follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you really truly trust in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and believe in Allah the one and the only one, whenever you are in whatever place or position, when you are challenged, you stay upon the truth. You don't waver. You don't move. Because Allah said in the Quran, in tansurullahi yansurkum, 
If you show Allah support, Allah will give you victory. Just support Allah by insisting on the truth, by standing by the truth, by telling the truth. That's the whole idea. And that's why when he walked away, none could follow him. Just like uh, I told you about the Wajah last time when he was trying to walk on the Prophet head while he's praying, he said, by Allah Almighty God, I could only see a hole between me and him. From it a flame was coming and angels with wings of flame. Every time I'm trying to approach, they were trying to attack me. That's why I was fighting them. Allah is with those people who support him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Bushrikim became so angry that they lost a warrior. They lost a supporter. They lost somebody whom if there is a chance to fight Muhammad sallallahu one day and his supporters, is gone. Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib is gone. So they were very, very angry over that. But Muhammad sallallahu was the most pleased, was really happy to see Hamza coming to the fall because straight away he went to him, embraced Islam, and he says, Ya ibn Akhi, innaka ala al-haq. Oh my nephew, you are upon the truth. Come with me and let us go to the Kaaba. Let anybody touch you. And they say that's the best time for the believers who used to hide in Dar ibn Abi al-Arqam or Dar al-Arqam. Okay? Subhanallah. To come out. To go out of their way to support okay, each other making tawaf, doing the thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased with. Now, then, One of the great men, Udba, Ibn Rabi'ah of Mecca, was a very rich man. And a man who has a lot of courage as well. Rahmatullah, and he had a lot of goodness in him. He asked them, called all the leaders of Quraysh when he heard that there is turmoil in the community and everybody is talking about this Muhammad, this message, what is going on and everybody is confused what to do. Because the houses are divided, the families are broken, people are fighting one another, and Muhammad numbers are increasing. So he called them through, and he asked them, and he says to them, okay? I am going to talk to the Prophet What do you think? They listened to him and they said, well, we respect you, we look up to you, and we feel if there is anybody who can bring him to the right position and to accept whatever we can offer him to remove himself from this path he's taking to destroy us as the leaders of this beautiful land and the inheritors of this beautiful house, please do something. So he went to the Prophet and sat with him. And he said, Yabna ibn Akhi, O oh, son of my brother, إِنَّكَ مِنَّا عَلِمْتَ You are one of us, as you already know and are aware of. And you have brought your people an affair that is great. فَرَّقْتَ بِهِنْ That great thing you brought, you have destroyed their unity with. وَسَفَّحْتَ بِهِ أَحْلَامَهُمْ and all their hopes are destroyed by what you are saying. And you have put down through whatever you are saying their gods and their religion. 
وكفرت به من مضى من آبائهم Indeed you are claiming that their father that came before them who did the same thing worshipping those idols were not upon the truth فاسمع مني Now I would like you to listen to me أعرض عليكم أمورا تنظر فيها لعلك تقبل منها بعضها Listen to me, I am going to put to you some things. Maybe some of them you will accept. I'm quoting the exact words because sometimes it is better when you are relating things to do with religion to quote the quote that is being said. And therefore in the history of Islam, every quotation that is being said is put exactly as it is said. Sometimes in fact even there is a word which is being written wrong rather than a ra a letter dal is put the scholars put it and then say it doesn't make sense we think it is this word but they will not remove the word maybe it is the right word because they are supposed to transmit what they have heard not to change anything it's not allowed in Islam so this is a quotation that this man said to Rasulullah so what he is trying to say to him look I am coming here I respect you. I know your position. You know who I am. We are from the same blood and family. I am going to put through to you things. Listen to me and accept what you accept and we can come to a deal and a solution. Because now this is going too much to the wrong side. Maybe he was worried about a fight and a war. قَالَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ سَلَّمُ قُلْ يَا أَبَا الْوَلِيدِ Say, O father of al-walid. أسمع I will hear from you قال then عدبة said يا ابن أخي O son of my brother O my nephew إن كنت تريد بما جئت به من هذا الأمر مالا جمعنا لك من أموالنا حتى تكون أكثر منا مالا If you really want with what you are bringing to us to be a wealthy man I promise you and you know my position in the community from all of us, wealth to make you the richest in the community, even than me. Each one of us will put wealth to you and you become the richest if you want money. And the Prophet was looking. وَإِن كُنْتَ تُرِيدُ بِهِ شَرَفًا ثَوَدْنَاكَ عَلَيْنَا حَتَّى لَنَقْطَعُ أَمْرًا دُونَكَ However, if you want with this a status in the community, we will make you the Sayyid. You'll become our master. You'll become our leader. And we will never carry out an affair without your consultation. This is a must. We will consult you and we will listen to your advice. وَإِن كُنْتَ تُرِيدُ بِهِ مُلْكًا مَلَّكْنَاكَ عَلَيْنَا However, if you want with this kingship, easy. I will discuss it with everybody and we will choose you as our king. And we will have a kingdom. No problem. You become the king, okay, of Quraysh. وَإِنْ كَانَ الَّذِي يَأْتِيكَ رِيئَ تَرَاهُ لَا تَسْتَطِعْ رَدَّهُ عَنْ نَفْسَكَ طَلَبْنَا لَكَ أَطِبَّاءَ وَبَذَلْنَا فِيهِ أَمْوَلَنَا حَتَّى نُبْرِئَكَ مِنْهُ But on the other hand, if whatever is coming to you is something from the jinn, something from shaitan, something that is making you ill, and he's saying indirectly, if, if you are psychologically ill, if you are crazy, 
then we will spend a lot of our wealth by choosing the best of the medical people outside there until we heal you from what is causing you this trouble. Now, this is what this great man could say to Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أقد فرقت يا أبا الوليد Have you completed your speech O father of الوليد He said yes of course I did قال فاسمع مني Then the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to him Now you need to listen to me And this is what we are all here To listen to Listen to this Okay the Prophet doesn't have anything else. The Prophet, the only thing he has is the word of God. He never said anything from himself. He never quoted things that he desires or he wants. He never put his desire before anything else. He never composed anything. As Allah says in the Quran, he did not know how to put words together to write them. He was an illiterate. Yet, he was taught by the greatest, Allah Almighty God. So what he says is Allah's word. He began to recite. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم حاميم Two letters in the Arabic language and the Arabs were the most intelligent and clever about language. Especially their language. They were masters. The Quran was revealed to challenge them. And these two letters, حاميم Nobody knows their meaning. Only few. Ibn Abbas said I am one of those few. Okay? Hamim. Some say it is the name of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ha is a letter and Mim is a letter. Okay? Now, the Arabs were astonished by hearing this letter. What do they mean? Only Allah knows. As Ibn Abbas said, Allah knows what he wants from that letter. تنزيل من الرحمن الرحيم. This is a revelation from the most merciful, most kind. كتاب فصلت آياته قرآنا عربيا لقوم يعقلون. A book in which it is verses are designed and explained in a way that people who have knowledge will understand them in a pure, clear Arabic tongue. Bashiran wa nadira, giving the good tidings and warning. فَأَعْرَضَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ فَهُمْ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ However, majority of them turned away from it because they are not listening to the message. وَقَالُوا قُلُوبُنَا فِي أَكِنَّةِ And they said, our hearts are being covered. مِمَّا تَدْعُونَنَا إِلَيْهِ From that which you are inviting us to. وَفِي آذَانِنَا وَقَرُونَ And in our ears, there is that which is covering us from hearing what you say. حجاب, and between us and you, there is a barrier. عاملون, do whatever you want to do, for we will do what will save us so that we can save our own religion. Say to them, O Muhammad, وسلم, I am only a human inspired by God. And he inspires me that your Lord is the only one Lord. فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ Do stay steadfast to him. 
واستغفروا and seek his forgiveness وويل للمشركين and woe for those who take partners with God الذين لا يؤتون الذكاة وهم بالآخرة هم كافرون those who do not give in charity and those who disbelieve in the hereafter إن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات لهم أجر غير ممنون Indeed, those who believe and do righteous good actions, they will have a reward without count. And he went on reading from this surah. This is surah Fussilat. Each one of you, when you get time, open it and read. Because this is a message from Allah for all of us when suddenly something comes in our heart, make us feel distant from Allah to understand from Him comes everything and to Him returns everything. Until he reached... Okay, a verse where there is sujood and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam prostrated. Okay, he says, "Nuzulam min ghafurir rahim." This is a revelation from a forgiving and merciful Lord. Woman ahsanu qawla min man daa ila Allah, and who is better in his speech than the one who invites the way of Allah? Wa amila salih and the righteous good action. Wa qala inna ni min al muslimin and said, "I am one of those who submit to the will of God." Indeed, the good deed and the bad deed are never equal. Always repel the evil with good. Even that between them and you, there is grave animosity. Treat them as if they are the best of friends. However, this position, only somebody. Okay? who is very patient or somebody who is very lucky will achieve. If you ask anybody to treat your enemy as your friend, they'll say it's impossible. But here, in this world, when you read all of those verses together, until verse 38, you will realize. But when you reach verse 38, then you need to prostrate. The Prophet then made sujood, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the man was looking at him. And the man was not a fool. He knew. Udba is not a fool. He knew exactly what the Prophet is reading. Okay? It was good. The Prophet said to Abu Walid, ya Abu Walid, ma You have heard, Abu Walid, the message of Allah. It is between you and them. It's up to you what you should choose because there is only two choices. You support the word of God and you believe in him and you turn away from that which you brought from your own desire or follow your desire and follow what they want from you because they would love him to go in the wrong way. When Udba, Abu Walid, returned back, there are two narrations. He returned back to them and while he's coming to them, from the way he was walking, they say, by Allah Almighty God, there was a glitter of light from his face. He was different. And the way he was walking, not the normal way he used to walk. When they saw him, straight away, they felt something is wrong. The man, okay, has been transformed. They said to him straight away, نَحْلُفْ بِاللَّهِ We will swear by God. لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ أَبَا الْوَلِيدِ أَبَا الْوَلِيدِ has come back to you بِغَيْرَ الْوَجْهَ الَّذِي ذَهْبِهِ With a different face, not the face that he went through, to Muhammad sallallahu before, but this is a different face. Okay? 
They said to him, ما وراءك يا بالوليد? What happened to you, Abu Walid? He says, "Warai, ani qad sami'tu qawlan, wallahi ma sami'tu mislahu qat." What happened to me? By Allah Almighty God, I have heard words that I had never heard like them before. Wallahi, ma huwa bishshar. By Allah Almighty God, it's not poetry, wala bishshar, and it's not magic, wala bilkahana. It's not a word of a fortune teller. A word that I had never heard like it before. Oh, gathering people of Quraysh, do obey me. If you listen to my advice, leave this man alone and what he does and allow him to carry on with what he's been commanded. Leave him alone. Now, of course, this is not going to make them happy. In another narration, that he did not come back to them. He went straight away to his home, and they were waiting, 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 and they heard the news, he's not coming, he went to his home. So Bajal said, he must have embraced the religion of Muhammad. Let's go and see what he's doing. Because he's worried. Hamza become Muslim, now this man who was supposed to go and bring him to them, become the Muslim, let's go to him. So they went to him. Okay? So immediately when they saw him, they said, سَحَرَكَ وَاللَّهِ يَا أَبَا الْوَلَيْدِ بِلِسَانِهِ Oh, Abu al-Walid, he has transformed you by his tongue. He has transformed, okay, a portion of magic on you. So you are a changed man. You are not the same man we came to see before to go and convince him and bring him back to us. So, he says, هذا رأيي فيه فاصنعوا ما لكم. This is what I think. Whatever you want to do, you can do yourself. I'm not interested anymore. Now, Abu Jahl, of course, doesn't like things to be left unfinished. Abu Jahl said to him, والله يا عدبة ما حسبناك إلا أنك صبأت. عدبة, we have come to see you because we only thought that you have left the religion of your fathers. And this is big at that time to be said. فَإِذَا كَانَ بِكَ حَاجَةَ جَمَعْنَا لَكَ مَا يُغْنِكَ عَنْ طَعَمْ مُحَمَّدٍ If you are in need, we will collect money for you. He is the richest. But he said, if you are in need to be richer, we will collect money for you so that you don't eat Muhammad food anymore. Because they felt he went to Muhammad Sallallahu house and ate his food and his food has transformed him. Muhammad does magical portions by what he gives you to drink or eat. In a lot of cultures, when you are sent to visit certain people, your mother or your khala or your uncle or whatever, say, don't eat their food. <laughs> Did you drink some of their water? Oh my God. Where are we? And Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Now we say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, everything goes. And if you are really worried and frightened, we read the Ilaf Quraysh. If you are ever, any place you are frightened from eating any food, sometimes you have doubt. Say, I'll be the one who's going to 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 be the one who's 
He doesn't need anybody to collect any money for him. Muhammad food did not change him. But he felt Muhammad should be left alone and they will do what they want to do. He said to Abu Jahl, I make an oath. I will never speak to Muhammad again. Astaghfirullahaladzim. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not put the light of guidance in his heart. Although he said the truth. When he heard Muhammad reading the Quran for him, when he saw Muhammad prostrating, when he went back, he told them the truth. The man is not a magician. The man is not a poet. The man is not a fortune teller. The man is not mad. The word he is saying is not poetry. But they are good words. But yet, his heart will not change. Because Allah did not guide him for that. This religion is for the chosen few, not for everybody. If Allah chooses you, then you are lucky. Hajj time was coming closer. Before Islam, still there is Hajj. But the Hajj Ibrahim السلام, started. Ismail السلام, followed. Has been transformed into Hajj that only bring benefit to the Quraysh. Big men. Wealth and money. Nothing else. It's business. Their names are there behind everything they do. But yet they were guarding the house. They were guarding Zamzam. They were guarding As-Safa and Al-Marwa. They were guarding okay, the door of the Kaaba. They were looking after the Kaaba in general just to make sure. And the Hujjaj will come from everywhere. And when the Muslim come, it's a chance for Muhammad Sallam to bring more people to Islam. So they gathered and they said, Wehakum, you should be afraid and worried and frightened because soon when Hajj comes, there is too many strangers who will come to Mecca and if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stands and speaks to them, then you're going to be losers. To be shame on you. Now we can deal with him. But once he has too many followers, we're going to be losers. So they were frightened for their business. Okay? Now, they went to another rich man a good man called Al-Walid ibn Al-Muqira. And he was a man, everybody at that time, if he listened to, they would listen to his advice. He was a good man, a kind man, a generous man, a very rich man. But he was one of those noble men. So subhanAllah, straight away, they decided that what they will do is, they will go to him and ask him what to do with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Okay? When they came to him and sat with him, he said to them, look, my only fear is if, subhanAllah, those strangers come to Mecca and Muhammad Sallam stand up to address them, then there will be a problem. Because when they hear him and they come to speak to you and each one of you is differing in his point of view, then they will believe him, not believe you. What I would like you to do to defeat him, you should all agree upon one thing that you take against Muhammad. Don't take different point of view. If you take different point of view, then they are not going to agree with you. But if you all speak with one word and say the same thing, then you have something to speak about. Okay? Qalu, they said, Ya Aba Abd al-Shams, Qul, Qala bal qulu antum fa'asma. Tell us then, what shall we agree upon? He said to them, no, I'm not going to tell you what to say. You tell me what one thing that you can agree upon and I will think if it is good, 
fine. Otherwise, I'll change your mind. They said, shall we say he the fortune teller? He said, by Allah Almighty God, he's not a fortune teller. Should we agree and say that he's a madman? But he's not mad. Everybody will know he's saying. They said, shall we say he's a poet? He said, he's not a poet. Everybody knows Muhammad is not a poet. He never recited poetry. Then, they said, now, the only thing left, we should say he's a magician. Because whatever he's bringing to us, is strange. We can't do anything about it. We will just say he's a magician. A magician does strange things. He said, he's not a magician. Forget about that. They said, what shall we say then? You tell us now. He says, Wallahi, inna la kawlihi ladhi yaqulahu halawa. Wallahi, inna la kawlihi ladhi yaqulahu halawa. By Allah Almighty God, for the word that he says, there is a sweetness. Wa inna alayhi la talawa. And indeed, that which he says by his tongue is most beautiful and most Nice to hear. Most beautiful and nice to hear. Whatever he says by his tongue is like a fruit that has delivered fruits on the top. You just need to climb and bring it to eat. Being well fed and looked after from beneath. And whatever he says will always be the highest word and no word can be higher than the word of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Okay? The word that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi is speaking will destroy any other words. No one can fight him. This comes because the Arabs used to have this competition, annual competition. Okay? Held in a market called Uqaf. And every year, the poets of Arabia from all corners will gather together to hear the best poetry. And the richest families will pay a lot of money to the best poets to insult a family, to fight a family, to praise the family, whatever. And the poet will spend four months writing it, four months correcting it, four months okay, revising it and memorizing it, and he will come and they will recite. And one will be the winner and his poetry will be written in gold and hanged on the Kaaba. And they are called the Mu'allaqat or the hanged one. And subhanallah, later on when Islam was recorded, and subhanallah, Al-Muwatta, okay, was written at the first book, Jadakumullah Khair, by Imam Malik, okay, Al-Khalifa Harun al-Rashid, sent to him and said to him, indeed this is the best thing. I will command all the Umara, all the leaders, to take this book and make it compulsory to be taught. If that was happening, all of you will be Malikis. None of you will be Shafi'i or Hanafi or Hanbali or anything else. And he says, I will command it will be written on the Astar of the Kaaba and everybody will read it. That today the Kaaba will not have verses of the Quran, it will have more Malik written on it. Be the Sunnah. But Imam Malik was a wise man. He said, no, no. The Prophet said many things. You can choose which path you want to follow. 
He didn't say, Allah Akbar, my way is the way. Or my way and the highway. Okay? Right? You can choose. But these men were wise men. So subhanallah, here, when you listen to what Al-Mughira is saying, you understand that this man Allah has given him an appreciation what is the Quran. But did he become Muslim? No. Allah did not open his heart. This is still tells me there are people who can listen to the Quran or the deed and they appreciate it, but Allah does not open their heart. It gives you, give me the idea that when you are talking to somebody who is not a Muslim and you are, they're, they're accepting what you say, they like what you do, but they don't want to take shahada, it's not you who change them. It's Allah. Allah holds the heart between two of his fingers, not like my fingers, but the fingers of mercy. He can change the heart when he wants. Allah will turn them as he likes. Even us, we sleep believers, or strong believers, we wake up not believers or weak believers. Sometimes we are so strong, sometimes we are so weak. So we need to be very careful when we are doing da'wah to realize Al-Hadi Allah. The one who gives guidance is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abu Jahl then said to him, and look all the time, the two most difficult men in Arabia who were doing something terrible is Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab, the two uncles of Rasulullah sallallahu Immediately he said, La hatta Your people will not be happy until you say something against him. Because what he said is beautiful. Some of the weaker men who are standing there, when they listen to somebody whose word is acceptable, they say, mm, we better go and listen to him. And then they embrace Islam. So Abu Jahl didn't like that. So straight away he said, as a man of authority, you must say something bad about Muhammad Sallam. Otherwise, we're not going to be happy with you. We're going to cut you off. So he's turning. He said, Amhiluni ufakir. Give me some time to think. He's a wise man. He didn't just want to say anything. Let me think. And then I come back to you and I will tell you something. In the morning, when he came back to them, he said, look, yesterday you gave me four options. I thought about it, and the easiest way to convince everybody is that you all agree when anybody asks you, why are you fighting your own nephew, your own blood, or your own man, who's saying good things, not saying bad things, say he's a magician. And in our religion, we don't accept magicians. We find them. This is will. So, Qulu, Okay? Sahirun yufarriqu bain al-mar'u abi. Say he the a magician, he destroys between the person and his father. Wal mar'u zawjatihi. And he separates between the husband and wife. Wa ashiratihi. And between the person and his family. And these are bad things in the Arab community. When you say this person is separating two brothers, is making the father and the son fight, is making the husband and wife divorce, is making the community fight one another, people don't like it. So they agreed with him. This is a very good plan. And we need, okay, to say this straight away. So at that time, Rasulullah received one of the most beautiful verses of the Quran to tell him about this man. Okay? That this man need. This is Al-Walid ibn al-Mughira. Allah revealed those verses for him because he also died as a kafir. Udba died as a kafir. And he died... Okay, in the battle. Okay, he was killed. The surah beginning 
is telling us about the da'wah. Al-Mudathir. Al-Mudathir means the one who wraps himself with his clothes when the Qur'an is revealed to him. He says, sometimes the Qur'an when it's recited to him is like like the bells ringing, but not the normal bell ringing that you can, something you don't want to hear it, and you, you cringe when you hear it. And therefore he covers himself and it is going in. The only person who was allowed to look at the Prophet وسلم, while that condition is happening to him is one companion. One of the greatest. Okay? He received 70 surahs of the Quran directly from the tongue of Muhammad. Some, somebody else gave to him. And that is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Abdullah ibn Inshallah, we'll talk about him one day. Really, one of the greatest companions, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Great companion. And subhanAllah, receiving from the Prophet tongue, teaching you himself 70 surahs, made him the best man. And the Prophet used to love him so much. In fact, once upon a time, he was walking in with some of the companions and with him with Umar ibn Khattab. And Abdullah was reading in the Salah. The Prophet stopped to listen to him. Umar was talking. The Prophet quietly stopped him from talking and said to him, listen to him. But he said, he heard it from you and you listened to him? He said, yes, because it's coming from his heart. He's a true believer. In fact, his story of becoming a Muslim is one of the most amazing because he was a shepherd. When the Prophet, I told you last week, he was all the time in the mountains. And one day, him and Abu Bakr Sadiq were in the mountain and Ali ibn Abi Talib. And he was there with his goat. So he called him. He said to him, can you give us some of your milk? And look at this boy. He said, they don't belong to me. How could I give you some milk? It's not mine. If it is mine, I'll give you. But it's not mine. The Prophet said to him, Sadaqt, you have said the truth. Have you got any goat? That is not giving milk at all. A little one. Young one. Still doesn't even have the ability of giving milk. He brought a little one. So the Prophet looked into it. Touched it. And it became like a milking goat. Ready to give milk. So he took the milk. They drank. And then he touched again. It became back a young little one. This one of the karamas or mu'jizas of Rasulullah Allah has honored him with that. Okay? So it is a beautiful thing. And in fact, subhanAllah, he was so skinny, his legs were so skinny when he used to walk, the companion used to laugh at him. Like today when in the school playground, you see the children, when somebody is playing football and he's wearing a short and his legs are too little, the children call them banana legs. <laughs> so the companion used to call him name. One day the Prophet said to him, why are you laughing at him? They said, look at his legs, Ya Rasulullah. He's too skinny like chicken legs. He said, by Allah Almighty God, his two skinny little shins in the sight of God are heavier than the Mount of Uhud. This is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, the one who when he was dying, subhanAllah, who comes to him, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, the one we talked about last week, who was very rich. He said to him, ibn Mas'ud, you are dying here. You have not done anything for your three daughters. You have three young daughters who have nothing what are you going to leave them? He said, I left them that if they kept, they will never need anybody. What did you leave them? He said, Rasulullah taught me. If they memorize Surah Al-Waqi'ah and they read it every day, they will never put their hand to ask anybody. For all of you to read, every day read Surah Al-Waqi'ah. Every day. And Allah will never allow you to ask anybody. إِذَا وَقَعَتِ الْوَاقِعَةِ And believe in that. Trust in that. For indeed, for those who believe, they will get the answer. Okay? لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Allah says, 
Okay? So in those verses, Allah says to the Prophet, O oh, you who is wrapped with your clothes, get up and warn the people. And while you are walking out to do your da'wah, glorify your Lord. It's not you who is giving the da'wah, it is Allah who is allowing you to do it. However, before you go out to do the da'wah, present yourself in pure, clean clothes. Don't go looking not presentable. Look smart. So people respect you. And anything that brings you trouble, leave alone. Don't enter into argument or fighting or debating with people for no reason. However, don't think after convincing people you have done it. And whatever difficulty you face while you are traveling to do your da'wah, be patient before your Lord. Okay? And then Allah revealed the verses regarding Al-Mughira. Okay? ذَرْنِ وَمَنْ خَلَقْتُ وَحِيدًا وَجَعَلْتُ لَهُ مَالًا مَمْدُودًا وَبَنِينَ شُهُودًا وَمَهَدْتُ لَهُ تَمْهِيدًا ثُمَّ يَطْمَعُ أَنْ أَذِيدًا this is Al-Walid ibn Al-Muqira. When he did not listen to the verses, although he understood the Prophet was telling the truth, Allah said to the Prophet O Muhammad leave me alone for the one I have created alone. Don't worry about him. I will deal with him. I have given him a lot of wealth and many children. And I have made his life easy and comfortable and given him a position of respect in his community. And he still hopes that I will increase him by giving him more. Indeed, he was rejectful to our verses. And I will punish him. He went home to think what to tell them. And he was killed the way he thought. Killed as a kafir, as a rejecter of faith. What does this mean? What can we learn from this? That when somebody is sitting and advising you and giving you the truth, listen to it. Don't reject it. When you ponder and you find what you have heard is right, follow it. If your mother wakes, come to you and say to you, look son, every day I see you working very, very hard, doing a good job. But however, your children are not having time with you so that you can give them some of your time so that they gain to know who you are. If this is the truth, then do that. If suddenly your father says to you, look, son, look, daughter, okay? You spend a lot of time, okay, helping people, but your own uncle need help, your own cousin, your own nephew, go and help them. You need to listen to that because it's the truth. Al-Aqrabuna awla bil ma'roof. The next of kin are more deserving of your help. Baba Najjar Mukhalla, the Egyptians saying, they're saying, the door of the carpenter is broken. Why? Because he's busy making money, building other people's doors. Charity begins at home. So we need to listen to people who are advising us and follow the instruction because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is commanding us to do the right thing. Okay? Now, when Quraysh, so the Prophet was insistent that his da'wah will carry on and he will never leave what he is saying, and this is because he trusts in Allah. Why shouldn't he trust in Allah? 
when Allah tells him in the Quran, فَمَنْ أَفْضَغُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَدِيثًا What a beautiful thing. Two things in the Quran. Allah said to him, tell the people when you read the Quran, قُلْ صَدَقَ اللَّهِ Tell them Allah has spoken the truth. And then he says to him, and who is better in his speech or who is more truthful than Allah? The Quran, there is nothing in it that can be denied. The Quran, everything in it must be accepted. If anything in the Quran you find rejection, then you rejected the whole thing. If you reject a letter of the Quran, you have rejected the whole Quran. You are a murtad. You have left the faith. You must accept it all. As Al-Muqira said, indeed, in it, there is beauty and sweetness. It is higher than anything, and nothing can be higher than it. And everything beneath it, it will destroy it. This is the Quran, the word of God. Kalamullah al-Qadim. Okay? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knew this. فَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَدِيثًا Who is more truthful than Allah? I will never listen to nobody when the Quran said, Why I'm telling you this? Today, there are people who are taking the Quran for a joke and debating it. Let us look at the hijab business. Some of our brothers and sisters debating the hijab in the Quran. Oh, the hijab says the women should just only cover their chest. They don't have to cover their hair. Who says so? Who says so? Wasn't the mother of the believers covering their hair? If it was not, it would be written. Not one single woman from the beginning of Islam was showing her hair. Where do we get this teaching from? Some of them are debating. The Quran is the word of God. And whatever the Prophet taught is in it, so we don't need to listen to the hadith. All these things have no value, have no place. It is upon us to hold the Quran tight, to listen to it, to follow it, and to reject anything okay, that comes from ourselves, but only what the Quran is telling us. Allah says in the Quran, وَإِن تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا لَا يَضُرَّكُمْ كَيْدَهُمْ شَيَّا When we are living with the non-Muslims, those who reject the faith, those who have no faith, if you act with patience and avoid that which will bring you trouble, avoid that which is going to bring you disrepute with your Lord, bring you problems, commit haram, no, don't. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you are in that position, will save you. Even if they plot against you, they're not going to harm you. When 11 September took place, I remember, I came to school in the morning, and I was so ashamed. A lot of our brothers and sisters said, well, Sheikh, I think we need to do something. I said, what do you need to do? I think because it's going to be dangerous, now all the sisters should take their hijab off. What? Yeah, yeah, because they should not. So I said, okay, they should all wear skirts and trousers now. So that they are not known who they are. Will that save them? They looked at me. No, 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 but just, just because there are rumors, women walking with their hijab in the street, people are pushing them, shoving them, pulling their hijab. I had never seen that. I had a daughter who was wearing a hijab and she was just a young girl. I have a wife who's wearing a hijab. Nobody touched her. What is this nonsense? I have brothers saying, oh, Sheikh, it's true, it's true. We need to shave our beard. I said, you shave your beard. I'm not shaving my beard. <laughs> this is sad. I don't know where they get these things from. That is not true faith. When you have true faith, you follow the sunnah of Muhammad Sallam. This is what Muhammad Sallam was taught when he was beginning his da'wah and the Quran tells him. 
Aluni, O Muhammad, this Quran is a reminder for you and to your people. It is that which you should always sit and remember because you will be questioned about it in the Day of Judgment. He will say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in the Day of Judgment, O oh Allah, Oh my Lord, my people have neglected this Quran. Yes, we believe in the Quran today, but are we reading it? Those two surahs I just mentioned now, Surah Fussilat, from verse 1 to 38, Fussilat, in chapter or Sapara, okay, or Juzu, okay, 25, please go and look into it. And read it, Surah Fussilat, and Surah Al Muddathir, Sapara 28 or Juzu 28. Look into it. Read those. Because in it there is messages for us to benefit ourselves. And be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? Now, the people of kufr, ilhad, of rejection of faith, of shirk, of nifaq, of evil, of falsehood, they are always plotting and working hard to take away the faith from the heart of those who have faith. Allah, even you living here in this country, there is always people who are trying to reduce your ability to practice your religion properly because of the faith you have. Mm-hmm. Haven't you come across somebody when you are sitting with them, the time of the Salah come and say, well, still there is time, we'll pray later on. And when the time is almost gone, doesn't matter, we join it to the next Salah. It's okay. Who said it's okay? Haven't you heard the people once suddenly say, look, really, I need to go to Jum'ah. Come on. Doesn't matter if you miss one Jum'ah. But the Hadith said, if I miss a Jum'ah, a quarter of my heart will be blackened. Come on. Next week you can go to Jum'ah. And it will be white again. No problem. People discourage you from doing the right thing. This is the Muslims. Leave alone the non-Muslims. So we need to be very careful. What do we need to think? We should not worry about what they are plotting against us. We should be worried how can we protect our faith. When we read the seerah, for me, it's how am I going to protect my faith? Wallah, Allah is my witness. And next week we'll talk about it. When you think about the people who were punished in Mecca, when you think about the way they were humiliated, when you think of the Prophet standing there crying, and Abu Siddiq weeping like a little baby for them, only if you are a stone. Every time I feel a little bit, I go to my room and I sit and read that. And you feel your heart is broken inside for them. Although I have never seen them in the real life, maybe some of them in my dreams, but these were the genuine people. They never, never left the truth. We need to read the seerah and take it to our heart. So we need to find ways of protecting our faith. Rasulullah said in the hadith, المؤمن القوي خير وحب إلى الله من المؤمن الضعيف the strong believer is better and more loved by Allah than the weak one. We need to find ways of strengthening our faith and the best way by reciting the Quran. At least every day recite 55 verses of the Quran. Don't tell me you have no time. Do you have time to go to the toilet? Yes, you do. Do you have time to eat and drink? Yes, you do. Do you have time to have some pastime? Yes, you do. Do you speak during the day? Yes, you do. Don't tell me you speak all the time just about work. Do you go to bed? Definitely. The doctor said eight hours. 
So most of us sleep more than eight hours. Fajr now is finished almost half past eight. And some people say, I couldn't get up for Fajr. Astaghfirullah If there was an interview at seven o'clock in the morning, people wake up for the interview. Because they want the job. That means you want the dunya, you don't want the akhirah. So here, where we can strengthen our faith by reciting the Quran and by making dhikr. akbar, And the mention of the name of Allah is the greatest. Keep la ilaha illallah all the time in your tongue to energize your inner being so that you can become stronger. The war of Quraysh against the Prophet is a false war. A war that is led by their desires. A war that is led for fulfilling what they need in the dunya. A war that which they want only to gain. Gain that can be lost at any time. Okay? Now, Allah says in the Quran, this what they said. Oh you whom you have received this mention, this dhikr, okay, this reminder from Allah, you are only a madman. This what they said. Is this true? Of course not. The question the scholars raised clearly. Did they know that Sayyidina Muhammad Sallam? is the leader of all the pious, wise men and women. I said once in a khutbah, in the early 90s, in a full mosque, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to A young man came to me afterwards and said to me, you mentioned something in your khutbah. I said to him, what did I mention? I mentioned many things. He said, you said Muhammad is Sayyid al-Shuhada. He did not die as a martyr. I really felt sad. I said to him, Muhammad is the master of all mankind in every field. He said, how could you say such a thing? I said to him, Allah praised other prophets in the Quran as Sayyid. Sayyidan wa Allah said in the Quran, Muhammad is Sayyid for everything. He said, Hassan wa Hussein, Sayyidasha wa al-Jannah. Fatima, Sayyidat Nisa ahlul Jannah. If Fatima is Sayyida, what about her father? If Hassan and Hussein are Sayyids and they are the grandchildren, what about their grandfather who brought them this honor? People sometimes talk without knowledge, without understanding. Somebody heard me saying, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad said, you shouldn't say that. I said, I will say it. If you don't like it, don't say it. I will say it. He's my Sayyid. If he's not your Sayyid, it's up to you. He's my master. Now, here... The people who have no understanding of the truth, they are fighting a false war against Muhammad not knowing by calling him mad that he is the master of all wise men and women. Muhammad was absolutely wise, sallallahu alayhi wa Nothing about him to indicate that he's crazy or mad, as they used to claim. Number two, that they were carrying a grudge against him. They didn't like him. And today... Many of us, people don't like us. Wallah, even Muslims. When I came to this masjid in 92 to begin to do Hadra and Dhikr here, I used to have too many strange people sitting here. They sit around there, frowning, looking at me. They didn't know what to do. The one day they brought me one of their leaders to challenge me. Allah inspired me. This man is going after I finish to have a debate with me. I don't like debates. To debate what? So I spoke about what I do. 
And I said, everything I do is following the Quran and the Sunnah. The dhikr I do and the hadra I do, yes, it is initiated by men who lived in the fourth generation, but it is like any pastime we do. I can go outside and do anything I want to do, but I choose to do this through the remembrance of Allah. But I have evidence. I'm a descendant of the Abyssinians, and they entered the mosque of the Prophet and they chanted, Muhammad Rajulun Salih, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, and they were jumping. And the Prophet approved them. It's sunnah for me. And the man came and sat and ate my biscuit and drank my tea and said, I came to challenge you, but what you said is correct, I'm not doing it. So I said, this is nafila. Not fard, I'm not saying it's fard or compulsory. It's for me. So we need to all the time distance ourselves from argument, from debating, from fighting. As long as we are with the truth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will support us and give us the truth. People look at you, if they have a grudge against you, if they are angry, if they are jealous, they will be full of vengeance. And that could harm you. Listen to this. Allah says in the Quran, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَإِيَّكَادُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And those who disbelieve, O Muhammad, try their best. يَزْلِقُونَكَ لِيَزْلِقُونَكَ بِأَبْصَارِهِمْ لَمَّا سَمِعُوا الذِّكْرِ Turning their eyes, looking to you from toe to top or from top to toe when they hear you reciting the Qur'an. وَيَقُولُونَ إِنَّهُ لَمَجْنُونَ And they say, he is indeed crazy. وَمَا هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرُ لِلْعَالَمِينَ It is only a mention, a reminder, a word, okay, of reminding people to the world the human and the jinn. There's nothing else. So here, we learn from the sunnah, even Muhammad sallallahu alayhi there are men sitting full of hatred, looking at him. You will have people hating you. So when you have got something of importance that you are starting, please don't talk about it. Keep it quiet. You are about to get married. You saw a girl you want to marry to or a boy you want to get married to, don't talk about it. Only consult those whom you need to consult about the affair. Other than that, keep it. Because there are those who will look at you and they will not be happy. In the least, they will look at you with an evil eye. وَالْعَيْنُ حَقٌ And the eye is true. Rasulullah used to read for Hassan and Hassan and say, Oh Allah, protect them from the eyes of the human and the breath of the jinn. Because the jinn bring us trouble by breathing on us. And the humans, by looking at us by their eyes. And wallahi, there are people, when they look at you, they could kill you. A man I was standing. In my country, there are bears that come when autumn comes. They fly from all over Europe. And a bird was flying and doing a strange thing. And the man said, oh my God, a bear looking like a helicopter. And just fell dead. My father said to me, when you see this man, keep reading. <laughs> keep reading. <laughs> Do your protection. So we are learning. I will never leave my home in the morning until I read my protection. I'm not going to wait until... You don't drive your car without insurance, do you? Unless you are stupid. <laughs> so we insure our homes and our cars and we don't insure our spirit inside? How naive we are. So the Prophet taught us many du'as for protection of the eye. But further than this, this eye could turn to jealousy, alaykum wassalam. Could turn, alaykum wassalam, could turn to jealousy. And jealousy could destroy you. And therefore, 
Allah taught us in the Quran, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim, Qul a'udhu bi rabbi al-falaq. Say, O Muhammad, I seek refuge in the Lord of the dawn. Min sharri ma khalaq, from that, from all evil that he has created. Okay? ومن شر قاسق إذا وقب ومن شر النفاثات ومن شر حاسد إذا حسد and from the envy of the envious when he envies this is really really important for us from the envy of the envious when he envies so I would like you to think the prophet Sallallahu himself people were sitting listening to him and they were envious they were full of grudge and hatred they wanted him dead and there are people who want you dead as well. Sometimes it is your colleague. Sometimes it is your brother. Look at Yusuf Didn't his brothers wanted him dead? Wow. If what Yusuf brothers did to him today, it will be headlines in the newspapers. Wicked brothers. Okay? Throw their brothers in the well. Leaving him for dead. It will be headline in the news. And if they catch them, the, the police is carrying them in the van, People will be throwing things at them and shouting and booing them. But they were son of a great prophet, of grandchildren of the greatest prophet, Ibrahim But look, they did what they did. So today, we need to be careful from everybody and anyone. And this is what we learn from the seerah. But the Quran then challenged them. The Quran said to them, قُلُدْعُوا الَّذِينَ ذَعَمْتُمْ مِن دُونِهِ فَلَا يَمْلِكُونَ كَشْفَ الضُّرِّ عَنْكُمْ وَلَا تَحْوِيلًا Say to them, O Muhammad, to bring force and call upon their gods that they think they can remove their difficulties or protect them. Tell them they will never be able to remove their difficulties or their troubles and take it and put it on somebody else. Never. They will never be able to do that. And that's the truth. Easy. In 1982, when I used to do my circle in Central Mosque, I, every time I sit there, there's this man who comes with his Bible. I'm sitting with non-Muslims and newly converted Muslims. And he will come and try to, go, try to take them away. Poach them. I didn't go and bring them. They come to me. Alhamdulillah. Allah is bringing them. I am not a fisherman. I'm just sitting in the mosque. He comes to fish to take. Like today, a lot of groups, they go trying to hunt people. They want to recruit. Be careful. What are you being recruited for? One of the great mashayikh who taught me said to me, son, you are only recruited by the Prophet <laughs> to follow him and to do the right thing. Anybody else, learn from. When you know what you are going to put yourself into, then take. Otherwise, don't. Be careful. Look at after 11 September and 7th, many brothers were hiding, changing their ways. Some people came to me and said to me, we're in your group, aren't we? I said, inshallah. <laughs> because they were frightened to be in other groups that were named. We need to be very careful how we go about doing things. Okay? So, that man, he comes. One old Indian man, very Allah bless him, said to me, Look, why don't you talk to him? He comes and he annoys me. And the man knows the Bible. He used to do that way in Hyde Park Corner. So I said to him, look, listen. I don't want to talk to him now. Let, let him one day. So one day while he's sitting in the circle, not normally, we're discussing an issue. He quoted something from the Bible to show that 
what he has is higher. So I looked at him, I said to him, look, brother, you know something? You know the most loved person to me among the prophets after my own prophet is Isa alayhi salam. He smiled. I said to him, because he was kind and lenient. And he was full of mercy. And I recited for him the verses he spoke as a baby. And the verse in which he said, And he made me dutiful to my mother, kind to her, generous, supportive. And he never made me wicked or harsh towards her. So I said to him, for this reason, you are my brother because you follow Isa alayhi salam. What do you say? Has some truth, but not the whole truth. However, in the Quran, Allah told us, if you think what you say is the true, the truth, and it is true, bring your family. Are you married? You have children? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, bring them. And I will bring my wife and my little children, and we will sit together. Okay? However, I am not married. I have no children, but I have brothers. I'll bring them. We sit with you. And I will make an oath by this Quran. What I have is the truth. You make an oath with your Bible, what you say is the truth. And then we leave Allah to decide between us. But I promise you one thing. One of us will be removed. If I am false, I'll be removed. If you are false, you'll be removed. He never came back. He never came back. And you could see the happiness of that old man. Very old man in his early 70s. He used to come and sit with me. He said to me, may Allah reward you. I was going to fight him. I said, no, no, no. Why should we fight him? He said, they need fighting, Sheikh. I said, no, no, no. I'm not going to fight him. Why should I fight him? I'm not fighting anybody. We are here to only convey a message. We are here only to give that which Allah has given to us to give to people to make them understand and appreciate that which is true. Okay? So this is important. Every one of us should please, please remember when you go out delivering the message of Muhammad never think you're going to convince somebody by fighting them or insulting them or demeaning them. You will never do that. So this is not allowed. Then Allah challenged them. وَمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَلَا أَوْلَادُكُمْ بِالَّتِي تُقَرِّبُكُمْ عِنْدَنَا زُلْفَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَمَنَ آمَنَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا Neither your wealth nor your children is that which will bring you closest to us. Only the one who believes and does right is good action can be brought closer to us. Wealth and children are only the glitter of this world. المال والبنون زينة الحياة الدنيا Allah said in the Quran Wealth and money is the glitter of this world. Don't take it to your heart. You will die and leave it behind. And if you are lucky, your children who inherit it will do something good in your name. Otherwise, they'll be fighting in court and cursing you. What benefit do you get? Nothing. And this is what we see today, which is sad. What do we learn from this? We learn from this today that we should worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not because we want him to give us paradise. Not because we are frightened he's going to put us in the hellfire. We worship him because he created us. And he favored us. And made us among the most noblest and most honorable creatures he have created. Rabi al-Adawiyya radiallahu ta'ala anha says clearly that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me the best that I am always uttering by my tongue. His name. I'm always uttering by my tongue. His name. 
And therefore, I'm not worshipping him for a garden he will give to me or a hell that he will punish me in. I am worshipping him for him. So worship Allah for that. Leave it for a while. Some people, yeah? okay. So it is important. Okay? We must understand that. <coughs> Number two, we should worship Allah while we are frightened that he will distance away from him. He will distance us away or push us away from him. We should be frightened of that. We want to be close to him. When you go home and your father or mother push you away, you should, shouldn't feel happy. Sometimes arrogance enters into you and says, it doesn't matter, okay. If you don't want, you don't want. No. Because if your father or mother push you away and you die or they die before you die, you are unlucky. Make good relationship between you and them so that, okay, as Sayyidina Isa said, I'm not going to be wicked to them. And you should always be full of hope because he's forgiving and merciful. Even if you forget or neglect or you make a mistake, he will wipe away. And he will draw you closer to him. And therefore the scholars say, the condition of a true believer is like two wings of a bird. Only when they are like that, the bird will fly properly. Not one like that, one like that. They both. So you must have hope and you must have fear. Al-khawf wal-raja. Al-khawf wal-raja. Two words. Khawf meaning fear, raja meaning hope. You should always have fear that Allah will push you away from him or that you will not be able to strive to come close to him. And you should have hope. However short comes you have, he will forgive you. So, O my servants, who have indulged, okay, and made a lot of mistakes in their life, however big those mistakes are, do not despair of the mercy of Allah. As long as your tongue can say, Astaghfirullah, Atubu ilallah, Arju'u ilallah, Allahumma inni tubtu ilayk, Alhamdulillah. وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ سُوءًا أَوْ يَظْلِمْ نَفْسَهُ ثُمَّ يَسْتَغْفِرِ اللَّهِ جِدِ اللَّهَ قَفُورًا رَحِيمًا Whosoever wrong themselves or commit a sin and then turn to Allah and seek His forgiveness, for sure, indeed, He will find Allah most forgiving, most merciful. Number three. Those people who truly believe in Allah, Allah said about them in the Quran, تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنَ الْمَضَاجَعِ When they are lying down to rest their bodies, because they know this is their own free time, they will not be able to sleep. Why? Allah said in the Quran, يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا While they are turning, they are praying and asking Allah, fearing that He will push them away, or they will not be able to get closer to Him, and hoping he will open a door of mercy for them. And only through the mercy we can enter into the garden of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? This is the condition of the human being. The human is always looking, wanting, okay, to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The last thing we're going to finish with tonight regarding this aspect of the seerah, the Jahiliya people of that time like Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab, Wal-Muqira and Udba, all those men, Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab, from the beginning they denied the truth. Al-Muqira and Udba, as we spoke tonight, they listened to it, they understood it, they trusted in it, but then they rejected it. And Allah revealed Quran against them, and they died as kuffar because Allah did not guide them. Why? Because they followed their own desire, which we call hawa. Don't follow your desire. Always turn to the Quran 
and turn to the word of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He says, Allah says, I left you two things. If you hold tight onto them, you will never go astray. What are they? In one riwayah, Kitabullah, the book of Allah, was sunnati and my way of living. In another riwayah, wa itrati and my family. And today we have people who say, well, there is no family of the Prophet anymore. There is. Anybody who have blood of the Prophet we respect because they have a noble blood in them. And the Prophet says, do respect them. Do respect them. I don't ask you any reward for what I brought you. You don't even need to pray for the Prophet. He doesn't need your prayer. <laughs> Allah has praised him already. Allah has praised him. Allah says so. In the Quran, Allah said, and your Lord will give you until you are happy and pleased. So what the dua does he need Muhammad from us? How can we pray to the perfect? How can we pray for the completed human being, the most noblest, the most honorable, the master of all masters? We need his prayer and his mercy. But he does not need us, sallallahu The only thing he said, وَلَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ إِلَّا الْمَوَدَّةَ فِي الْقُرْبَى I ask of you nothing but to show goodness, kindness, generosity towards those who claim to be my descendants. That's the idea. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammadin wa sallim tasliman kathira. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَإِنَّ كَثِيرًا لَيَضِلُّونَ بِأَهْوَائِهِمْ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ Indeed, the majority of the people when they are going astray, they are going astray because of following their desires without knowledge. This why knowledge is important. Knowledge is important. What I tell you here in the Sira, okay, I would like you today. Imagine this is the tenth week since we started. It's the tenth week we are sitting here studying. Alhamdulillah. I thank Allah. Ten week we have been doing this and we have still not entered. Next week we're going to talk about the Abyssinian period. Still, there is a lot to go through. But every time I would like you to go and reflect and learn. And the things I say, do, like the verses I tell you to read, go and read them. Surah Fusilat, Surah Al Muddathir. Okay? Look at those verses, read them. Every day read Quran. Rasulullah said in a hadith, three things will destroy the human being and the believers specifically. Minha, one of them, hawamuttaba. A desire that a person finds easy to follow. Don't follow desires. Following desires will be destructive here and be a loss for you in the hereafter. How can we then Heal this illness. The Prophet called it an illness. I'm going to give you the medicine. Those who can write it, write it because really this is the best thing. I always read it myself. Okay? A dua of the Prophet. You should read it. And you can read it in your sujood. You can read it after salah. You can read it anytime you want to read it. It's good for you. Allahumma la mani'a lima a'ataita. Oh Allah, no one can stop that which you have provided for me. Nobody. What you gave me is going to come my way. What is for you is going to be for you. Okay? And no one can give me that which you refuse me. However, my richness, my wealth, my strength, my position will not be of benefit for me. 
This is to remind yourself. Because sometimes, some of us, our inner conscious tell us, because of the success we have in our life, that I am the one. I did it. I can do it. Without realization that there is no will, no power, only by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The good person will say, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, whatever Allah wills, Allah blessed be him that he allowed me to have the success I have. Whether it is wealth, whether it is home, whether it is children, everything. You should always say, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah. Allahumma la mani'a lima a'tayta. Oh Allah, there is no one can take away from me that which you have given me. Wala mu'atiya lima mani'ata. And no one can give me that which you have taken away from me. And the richness that I have will never be sufficient to put me in a position that you have put me in. Never. That is something important. Okay? In those days, to conclude this area, the mushrikeen who were coming and challenging the Prophet they were bringing a lot of questions. So when it became so difficult, every noble man in Quraysh could not convince the Prophet they went to the Jews. And they said to the Jews, what question can we ask Muhammad that will really defeat him and we can benefit by putting him down? And the Jews were only happy to give. They said, okay, there is one thing. Go and ask him to tell you about the ruh, the spirit. And if he can tell you about the ruh, then definitely he is. They, in their own way of plotting, they wanted him to say anything, and then they say, well, this man doesn't know anything. When they came to him, they said, yeah, Muhammad, okay, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we have listened to you, we have argued with you, this time we're coming to us through knowledge. Tell us about the concept of ruh in this new religion of yours, and then we will listen to you. He says, I never answer for myself. I only wait for Allah to answer me, and he waited for Jibreel alayhi salam to come and Jibreel come and said, A'udhu billahi min ash-tanul rajim wa yas'alunaka anil ruh. Oh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and they are asking you about the ruh, about the spirit. Qul al-ruh min amri rabbi. Say to them, the ruh is of the commandment of my Lord. The ruh is created by kum fayakun. That's it. Qul al-ruh min amri. Wa ma utitum min al-ilmi illa qalila. However, the knowledge that you have received, only very little. It will not take you further than that position you are in. And subhanallah, when they rush back to the Jews and talk to them about it, the Jews realize he knows what he's talking about because they didn't have an answer for it themselves. So the mushrikeen were again at loss. The Prophet also began to come with Hamza sometime and pray around the Kaaba and some of the companions became a little bit stronger although there is a lot of punishment taking place around the city for the weaker ones, but he used to read loudly to let them hear what he's reading. And wallah, they used to insult him so much. One day, he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, while he was reciting, they were coming to him and they were pushing, shoving, hitting. And Abu Bakr Sadiq came and he was holding him and he was crying. You are killing a human being, a person who's only saying, My Lord is Allah. Is this what you are coming to, my brothers? And he took him out. 
Then Allah revealed to Sallallahu When you are reciting, O oh Muhammad, don't read loud. However, don't read it silently. Do it in between. So from this we learn as well that everything we do as Muslims must be in the middle. This is the nation of choosing the middle path. Okay? Khairul Umuri Awasituha. He sallallahu then he taught us every affair you are taking in your life, choose the middle path. Don't take too much that you cannot bear, so you fall flat. And don't leave everything so that you end up with nothing. Carry that what you can bear. Allah will never burden a soul only that which it can take. This is another lesson that we can tear from today's lesson. Then they decided, what are we going to do with Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? This is becoming too much. We have done, tried everything. So they went to him. And they sat with him and said, look, we don't want to fight you anymore. Let us come to an agreement. What is your agreement? He said to them, we will worship your God. He smiled, sallallahu alayhi You will worship Allah? Yeah, he will worship. But in agreement, you worship our God, sallallahu So we will all be happy. Today, there are people like that. They say, we all worship this. Astaghfirullah I don't agree with that. There is only one God. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not. I thought brother thing is okay. This concept today of interfaith is a good concept, but it's a concept whereby sometimes people don't understand. Yes, we talk to other people who think they have an understanding of another faith, but we tell them the faith is one faith because the God is one God. Come to a common term as between us and you. That's it. We will worship none but Allah. If you worship Allah, we worship Allah. There is one God. And all religions say there is one God. But the, the things that are added, we don't want them. We don't want the rest. We believe in that. We should all follow that. And then all the commandments are the same. They shall not kill. They shall not steal. They shall not commit adultery. All those things are there. We will follow those things. If you follow those things, we follow them. But to believe in other gods? No. You should never sit in a place when people say, well, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. All the gods are the same. I say, what all the gods? They're not all gods. There's only one God. You understand? Because sometimes people take you by their tongues and you might agree with it and it might not be good for you because Allah is listening. Be careful. Okay? Immediately, the Prophet ﷺ, while he's talking, then Gibril comes. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Qul ya ayyuhal kafirun. Say to them, oh, you have rejected faith. I will not worship that which you worship. And what you are saying is a lie. You will never worship what I am worshipping. Because if you worship the one, you have to destroy all those gods, and those gods bring business to you, bring money to you. You don't want to lose that business and money. You are only worshipping for the dunya. So this surah was revealed for that. And therefore, this surah is one of the greatest surahs for your protection of your faith. Wallah. Okay? I'm going to teach you the last thing. Take this and keep it and try it from tonight. I think everybody, if you didn't hear this before, if you didn't know this before, then you should cry for your past because you have missed a lot of good. 
all the children that studied with me we were told this from children child to protect ourselves for you is your faith, for me is my faith. This surah must be recited by each one of us four times every day at four different salawat. Four different salawat. I will tell you, okay? Before you go to bed, you must read it. This is the only time we don't read it in the salah. When you are in your bed, read قُلْ يَا الْكَافِرُونَ To confirm your faith, to protect your aqidah. When you pray your witr in the second rak'ah, for those who pray three together, in the second rak'ah, you read Fatiha قُلْ يَا الْكَافِرُونَ If you are a maliki or a shafi'i, you pray shifi' too in the second rak'ah of the shifi'i. Because we pray with the only one. Okay? Then you must read the kafirun in that. In the first raga'ah of fajr. It's always important. When you pray fajr, by the way, it's good to pray fajr with surah al-kafirun in the first raga'ah and surah al-ikhlas in the second raga'ah. This is what the Prophet used to do. It gives you time to read the salah and concentrate on it and sit and recite Quran and do a lot of dhikr after that. And, okay, when you finish Maqrib, the first two rak'at of Sunnah, okay, of Maqrib, it is said, in the first rak'at of that, you should read Al-Kafirun as well. So when you pray your Maqrib, you are praying Sunnah Al-Maqrib, read Al-Kafirun in the first rak'at, and Ikhlas in the second rak'at. When you read your Fajr prayer, Kafirun in the first rak'at, Ikhlas in the second rak'at. If you do that these four times, then inshallah your aqidah will be protected, your faith will be strengthened, and inshallah, Nobody can challenge you. This is a very good protection. Four times Surah Al-Kafirun every day. May Allah protect me and protect you. May Allah guide me and guide you. May Allah strengthen me and strengthen you. And may Allah give us tawfiq to appreciate and understand. Yes, my brother. Huh? Good. You, are, you, you have been given a wisdom, follow it. Yeah, that's fantastic. These, are, these surahs are very good. And by the way, for protection from the eyes of the wicked, from the envy of the envious, from the jealousy of the jealous, from the magic of the magician, you recite Surah Al-Ikhlas three times in the morning. After each one, you blow like that. You read Surah Al-Falaq three times. Every time, you blow. You read Surah Al-Nas three times, every time. And then you massage all your body. Don't leave any area. And I promise you, if you get used to it like that, you feel like a garment being put over you. Yeah, but that is a little bit, yeah, for, it becomes heavier for some people. But this is the easiest. Three ikhlas, three falak, three annas, blow at every time you recite it, do it over your body, and Allah will reward you. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, salatu wassalam ala ashraf al-anbiya wal mursaleen, sayyidina Muhammad. يا رب زدنا علما يا رب زدنا فهما يا رب اجعلنا من الراشدين يا رب هيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا واجعل معونتك الحسنى لنا مددا بالأولياء بالصالحين بجمعهم من جاءنا القرآن عنهم مرشدا فرج بفضلك إلهي كربنا يا خير مد الأنم له يدا اللهم إنا نسألك سلطانا نصيرا 
كبيرة حظا عظيما واجرا وفيرا وتجارة لن تبور وفقنا اللهم توفيقا مطلقا وارزقنا حلالا طيبا واسعا بلا كد طيب دعاءنا بلا رد آتنا كلمة لا ترد خلنا الجنة بغير حساب انك انت الله العزيز الكريم الوهاب ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة عين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه وسلم anybody who sitting here with any intention that will do good for them here and Allah will accept it for them may Allah make it easy may Allah fulfill for all of us our intention and give us tawfiq for dunya wal akhira give us success in this world and in the hereafter and all those who are suffering all over the world may Allah remove their suffering and may Allah increase us in knowledge and understanding of knowledge subhana rabbika rabbil uzat amma yasifun wa salamun ala mursalin alhamdulillah rabbil alamin al-fatiha bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim alhamdulillah rabbil alamin ar-rahman ar-rahim maliki wa middini ya kanabudu ya kanasta'in adina sarat al-mustaqim sarat al-lazina an'amta alayhim ghayrim maghdubu alayhim wa al-dhalin